everyone. Welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is Wednesday, December 21st. Amanda Borshal Dan here with our political correspondent, Tal Schneider, and founder of the pioneering podcast Israel Story, Mishi Harman. Hello to you both. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Tal. Lovely to be here. So good to see you, and happy Hanukkah. Chag Sameach. We have a lot to discuss today, including incoming Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's ticking deadline and what is expected in the next few days. Mishi is here to speak about the new exciting partnership between Israel Story and the Times of Israel. But first, a short break. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. And we're back. Tal, let's begin with you. Yesterday, I spoke with our Knesset correspondent, Carrie Keller-Lynn, and asked her if the upcoming drama in the political world will rival that of Sunday night's World Cup. She said no, and everything seemed very normal in the Knesset. And then, freeze! What? What, what is this freeze? What's going on here, Tal? Well, you know, the Future Coalition is under a frenzy of uh, legislating all of those bills before the swearing in of the government. This is a very rare and different way of doing things. Usually you swear in a government, you form your coalition, and then you start your frenzy of, of legislation. But because the coalition partners, namely uh, Arya Deri, uh, United Torah Judaism, and uh, the religious Zionists headed by Smotrich and Ben-Gvir, all of them, they don't trust Netanyahu. They think that once he will swear in the government, he will elude and, and will avoid legislating some of the issues. They demanded that everything will be in advance. So the opposition was supposed to start a filibuster, uh, sort of, a, you know, standing on stage, standing on plenium, and preaching against everything that the coalition plans to do. The problem is that the the future coalition has this, I would say, we can call it absolute majority. It's 64 anyway, so it doesn't matter how long they will stand. It's not uh, a real filibuster. It, this is just like a um, sort of um, delaying filibuster. So what the opposition, I mean, the future opposition said, you know, if we are going to delay the filibuster, you know, we're going to delay the legislation by filibustering, then we might as well just, just you know, postpone it to next week, and we not we will not going to perform all of those speeches, uh, because it's Hanukkah and we have lightings with our families. 
the outcome of this whole event is that the future opposition that is going to be headed by Yair Lapid, the current, uh, you know, outgoing prime minister, this future opposition will be probably pretty lame, weak and, and ineffective. They, they just say, instead of giving all of the speeches, they just fast forward. We know that we're going to lose and let's have the, the legislation done on Monday or the, um, swearing in. The big question here is when is going to be the swearing in of this government? Netanyahu, as I said, wants to have everything delayed until the frenzy of legislation is passed. And the, uh, the future opposition says, let's just, you know, postpone it. And, you know, this is the way that things are going on right now. So there is a deadline, though. Netanyahu has to, what, announce that he has a coalition by midnight? I mean, are we going to see pumpkins here? Is anything going to happen at the stroke of midnight? Or <laughs> is there some kind of extension? What's happening? So the wording in Hebrew is Allah biyadi. The, the law actually required that Netanyahu will announce, I was able to form a government. Allah biyadi l'arkiv memshala. That's going to happen along Today, it can happen just right now as we speak, it can happen at lunch, and it can happen uh, up until midnight. And once he does that, the, the clock ticks and he has to swear in a government within a week. Now, the, the wording of within a week, you know, it can be a week and a day, I suppose. So any day next week, they're talking now about next Thursday. This is almost the end of 2022. I think maybe a day before the year's end. Uh, he will swear in the government and he expects to finish, finalize all of this legislation by then. And that's it. And then we're going to have the 37 government and uh, supposedly all of the legislation that he put forward that is upsetting a lot of people will be done. I mean, not all the legislation that's upsetting people because there are many more things on the horizon that we haven't yet seen the actual bills for, including, of course, the override clause, which allows me to just plug our new podcast that we're releasing today, which is all about judicial reform or ruin. So look for that. We'll have a link in, in our program notes. Now, Tal, at the same time that Netanyahu is trying to get his government in order, of course, the corruption trial is ongoing. And yesterday, former Israel Police Commissioner Roni Al-Sheikh said that he believes that Attorney General Gali Barahav Miara should seek a plea deal. And he said, I just thought this was so striking. Our democracy is not yet ready to prosecute a sitting prime minister. Why would he say that? Well, I agree. It was a, a weird uh, uh, interview on, on, on Channel uh, 12 last night. Uh, he was asked for his own personal opinion and he stressed. He said, I'm not in any duty anymore. And I my duty was to investigate. My duty was not to decide whether to uh, put charges forward or not. I, we, we were only investigating, um, preparing the material and the attorney general obviously is the one who makes the decision. But then the anchor asked, stressed him and said, you know, but if you were to advise to them, would, what do you think? Do you think they should, you know, cut a plea deal? And he said, yes, it was weird because the country has been going through, you know, these years of hectic uh, election cycles. Uh, himself, he was bashed harshly by Netanyahu for, you know, for investigating Netanyahu. I mean, he was obliged to investigate under the law. It's not like he had any any choice about that. So 
Um, yeah, it's, 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 for me, it's hard to explain where, where this is coming from. Uh, as you said, the trial is going on even today as, as we are speaking here, the trial is still going on. And, um, we, we do see former chief of staff of Netanyahu on stage today. This guy, David Charan is also indicted in the submarine deal. And he may expect, you know, years in prison if he will be convicted in any sort of bribery during the uh, around the, the, the submarine deal. So his interests during this trial of the corruption of Netanyahu are to be taken with a grain of salt. So when the chief of police, the former chief of police goes on TV and says, you know, let's cut a deal, people, you know, assume rightfully so that he is suggesting to cut off a deal because he thinks that the situation in the trial is not so good. But when you think about those witnesses, why is it not so good? It's because those people have their own, you know, interests. And, and I don't know. I don't know to tell you if the situation in the trial is so bad. I don't, I don't really think so. I think, I think the prosecution is able to prove many of its claims. But obviously, Netanyahu's supporters keep pounding the media saying the trial has failed. This is the, the, the files are collapsing. The witnesses are collapsing. There's nowhere to go from here and so on. And, um, I, I do understand that many people are convinced by those claims. Not me personally, though. So interesting. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Tal, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Amanda. And happy Hanukkah. <laughs> you too. We'll go to a short break now. Shalom, dear listeners. This is Daniil Hartman. And I'm Yossi Klein Halevi. Together we host the podcast For Heaven's Sake from the Shalom Hartman Institute. These have been some of the most challenging days for me personally, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. And one of the ways in which I've gotten through this is that I found solace and meaning through discussions with my dear friend and study partner, Daniil Hartman. And I hope that the Times of Israel listeners will join us as we continue to tackle the pressing questions facing the Jewish people here at For Heaven's Sake, which has become the number one Judaism podcast. Well, Daniil, I'd also like to recommend the Identity Crisis podcast hosted by our colleague and friend Yehuda Kurtzer. It's a series of fantastic conversations with leading figures in Jewish life, thought, and culture. You know, for decades, the Hartman Institute has been a preeminent destination for Jewish ideas and learning. Now you can access Hartman Ideas on these chart-topping podcasts at shalomhartman.org forward slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll privilege to help guide you through these challenging and even unsettling times. And we're back. Mishi, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, thank you for having me. It feels like a family gathering now. <laughs> yeah, it's such a pleasure. I'm such a longtime fan of your pioneering podcast, Israel's Story. Uh, your episodes are so rich with nuanced storytelling, and it's such a pleasure to hear a carefully produced podcast that I know you spend so much time on. You're on air for, what, a dozen years already? Yeah, so we started this project 12 years ago, and actually, uh, exactly a decade ago, so in Hanukkah of 2012, our first episodes aired on Galei Tzal. We had already released a bunch of them as podcasts, but we became a radio show 10 years ago, and, uh, and we've been uh, chugging along ever since. 
it it's uh, I feel like it's a Jerry Maguire moment that uh, you complete us. We do things so much on the fly here at, at our twenty four seven news site, and I I just really am so pleased that you're joining us in this partnership in which we are teaming up in a way. But of course, your your storytelling is independent, and uh, there's no editorial overlap. Obviously, tell our listeners who don't actually know already what does the podcast set out to do. Sure. Well, before that, I'll just say that I'm extremely, extremely delighted. I've been a avid reader and fan of the Times of Israel since the very beginning, 10 years ago. And I think that what you guys try to do at the Times of Israel, in many ways, and in a different realm, more, a more of a newsy realm, is uh, very similar to what we try to do at Israel Story, which is to present a complicated, nuanced um, story about this crazy crazy corner of the earth that we live in, um, one that isn't focused entirely on political headlines and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the occupation and Iranian uh, threats of Iranian nuclear bombs and Security Council resolutions, and isn't entirely colored by um, religious or nationalistic um, overtones, but rather one that focuses on people and on the incredibly um, rich and diverse population that a human tapestry that we have here in Israel of people who have come from all over the world, who live very, very different lifestyles. I mean, we've been on this journey for, as you said, for 12 years now. And I think the most fundamental thing that I've understood is how different life is for different Israelis, that, you know, life for a Moshavnik from Moshav Balfouria in, in Emek Israel is completely different than life for, for a Bedouin teenage girl in Khura, which is completely different from the life of a uh, young Avrech in a Koilel in Bnei which is completely different from uh, the life of a high-tech uh, high exec living in Ranana and, and, and on and on and on. And, um, and what we try to do in Israel's story is to tell these human interest stories that really, at the end of the day, um, highlight two extremely basic truths, that a person is a person is a person no matter what, and that we all stand to gain, both as individuals and as a society, from listening to each other. And I think by doing that, we are, um, that's our little, little part in uh, moving towards a society, um, an open-minded and progressive society that we would want to live in. And it should be noted that you do all of this in English in Israel. And for any tourist who's come to Israel and doesn't have any Hebrew, you know that this is a challenge. So how are you able to do this? Do you use a lot of uh, overdubbing of uh, translation voices? Well, we started off in Hebrew. Our idea was to create an Israeli version of This American Life, even though we had no background whatsoever in uh journalism or media, let alone, you know, radio or podcasting. In fact, there were no other podcasts in Israel when we started. So when we'd call people up and say that we would want to interview them for our podcast, <laughs> their first question was, what is a podcast? Right. Um, so we started off in, in, in Hebrew and we produced um, a content in a season in Hebrew. And then when we first had the idea of uh, of creating an English language show, which was really motivated by the by the understanding that the narratives that existed um, 
in English about Israel were these pretty unidimensional, flat narratives. So there was there, there were political ones ranging from Hasbara and you know official propaganda to BDS, and there were religious ones, and um, and we wanted to tell this place of our this story of our country, this you know vibrant and raw and messy place, and. We thought that by doing so, if our storytelling was good enough, we might be able to expand the circles of people um, in, interested in Israel um, because they'd be they'd be joining just for the good storytelling. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, I mean, at first we thought, it, oh, it's no, it's a piece of cake. You know, we'll just go back to all the people we had interviewed for our show in Hebrew and interview them once again in English. And then we discover that it isn't as easy as putting subtitles on a uh, on a film or on a TV show, because people's stories changed changed dramatically. Some became much better. Some completely fell apart. It also limits uh, the um, range of people that we can um, that we whose stories we can tell if we're only focusing on people who can tell their story in English, and perhaps most importantly, perhaps most importantly. We realized that the audience that we had here and the audience, our international audience that was consuming the show in English, actually were interested in different things and wanted different things. Um, and there's a very interesting balancing act that we've been engaged with over over the course of the life of our English language show, Israel Story, which is always trying to push the boundaries a little bit in terms of uh, what our listeners expect to hear about Israel but also not push it too far so that they feel that they don't that we're talking about a place that they don't recognize at all. So it's always this kind of interesting and delicate dance um, because as our joint dear friend and uh, your former colleague uh, Mati Friedman uh, once said, and I always like, love to to steal this sentence from him, the, the Israel that people love and the Israel that people hate are both these imaginary places. And, uh, and, and we want to tell, uh, we want to tell a story of, of a real place, but it can't be too different than the, than the image that they have. So it's always an interesting sort of dance. So what does this new season have in store for us and where can our listeners find you? So, after six seasons that we did uh, with Tablet Magazine, we are absolutely delighted to be partnering with the Times of Israel, um, and we feel as if we fit right into the family. And David's vision of journalism, David Horowitz's uh, vision of journalism and what journalism from Israel should be like, I think is uh, an inspiration and a model to, to all of us. So everyone will be able to listen to Israel Story as they always have on uh, the Israel Story feed and very happily also on uh, the Times of Israel website at timesofisrael.com slash podcasts. But yes, in terms of what the season has in store, it's a lot. Um, working on some very, very exciting projects now. Uh, we have some big um, milestone anniversaries coming up, uh, both the uh, 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War and the 75th anniversary of the um, founding of the state, obviously. And as always, what we're trying to do in this season is to explore communities that we haven't explored in the past, to um, allow listeners to meet people whom they perhaps are less familiar with and whose stories they're less familiar with. So 
a lot of good stuff. I'm looking forward to listening to all of these uh, stories and meeting, as you said, meeting and listening to their own voices and hearing what they have to say. Nothing more powerful than that in a podcast, right? Absolutely. Look, I mean, we live in difficult times here in Israel, in which a lot of people feel that um, extremism has taken over and that people are less and less interested in engaging with and hearing from people who have different opinions or live different lifestyles. And I think that's what we're all about. Um, And I think that that's more illuminating and more important now than it's probably ever been before. And this is why we're partners, because that's what the Times of Israel is all about, too. So, Mishi, thanks for joining me today. Toda, toda, Amanda, toda, tal. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein, and to Gili Amar for this out-of-this-world music. You can find us daily wherever you find your podcasts. And on our mothership, timesofisrael.com. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. And be sure to check out our weekly feature, Times Will Tell, released every Friday. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.